It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers win in Cancun. Let's talk about it. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. We're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much make it locked on Auburn your first listen every single day and we're live maybe your second listen maybe your third I don't know joining me as he does after every Auburn basketball game this season Montgomery radio vet Daryl Daprich the Auburn Tigers defeat Bradley which is in fact the name of a school not just some bro you used to know 85 to 64 Daryl big picture takeaway in this game is what well, I, first of all, I like the fact that Auburn put two halves together. We've talked about so much of the season how their depth has has worn down opponents in the second half. And I don't understand how Auburn, first of all, give them credit. The biggest takeaway for me is the way they shot the basketball. So you struggle shooting the basketball in your own gym, but you go to a freaking ballroom which is that's what that is. That's a ballroom. I'm thinking the Cancun High School prom is going to be there later tonight. They're trying to clear people out, get some balloons in there, some some streamers, right, some punch, how and have a people, prom. How many people do you think that place sat? I'm going to say 2,000. I think that's a little generous. Okay, probably, ha- yeah. I mean, because the, the corporate party that's going to be there tomorrow, the corporate Thanksgiving party or Christmas party probably only has 300. Yeah, I mean, the announcers even talked about it. Teams go over there, Zach, and struggle shooting in that, you know, low ceiling, the depth perception. And Auburn comes out and just shoots lights out in a tough shooting environment. They did really, really good from the field. Never mind the three-point shooting. I mean, the three-point shooting was at 47%. They shot 56% from the field. Did everything they needed to do offensively. Um, and that's the biggest takeaway is they looked as good offensively as they have all year. Now, Bradley was a little undermanned. They had three guys out, including two starters. And that Hickman kid is going to look good in orange and blue next year uh, for Bradley when he transfers. But, I, you know, they, they're tough. They're really well coached. And so um, Auburn playing against Bradley that way and shooting the basketball in a foreign gym. Yeah. Well, I, I call it a gym. I mean, again, it's it's a ballroom and in a in a hotel, and they just really I, that was my biggest takeaway. What a great offensive, complete offensive performance, balanced scoring. Yeah, Jalen Williams comes out, plays really really well, kind of gets them going. So, mm-hmm. just a nice night overall for the first round of that tournament for Auburn. Yeah, eight to 47 percent from three, which is super uncharacteristic of what we've seen from Bruce Pearl teams over the last few years away from Auburn slash Neville Arena. And to me, I think that's encouraging, especially with the way the first two games and the exhibition game of the season went. I mean, now at Auburn sits at 5-0, and their path to 3-0, and 4-0, and 5-0, and the threes have started to fall. And that's what we've all were wondering, like, okay, could this happen with this roster? And so far, they're proven that it can't because the shots that they made, like they're going to be able to generate space and get these open shots against the Tennessees and, and 
you know, Arkansas and Kentuckys of the world. It's just, are they always going to fall? And, and they're not always going to fall at 47%, Daryl. That's what we've talked about every time we do this. If you, if you give Auburn, I'm stealing your, your, uh, your take here, but if mm-hmm. you give Auburn 30% from three, they're going to beat you. Because their inside game is so lethal. This was a, this was a, a great barometer of a team. First of all, five dudes in double digits. Five guys in double digits, okay? That's, that's the first check mark. You, you want a recipe to win games? Get five guys in double digits. Never mind the shooting percentages. But I have been preaching this and screaming this all year. All, Auburn doesn't have to shoot it like they did tonight to win in the SEC. Shoot it for 35%. And you'll be fine from three-point land because of Broom's inside presence and how he's developing a real nice inside right. game. Um, I was impressed with, obviously, Jalen Williams. He hit some shots outside. Flanagan played well. Trey Hoare came off the bench and played really well inside. So Auburn got some points in the paint, and they shot the three well. So I think that all you got to do is just be uh, decent, you know, from average from three-point land and with their inside game and their transition game, how they get up and down the floor and score in space and score fast break points, uh, that's going to be the formula for success right there. A few minutes into the game, Daryl, I texted you just two words. Jalen Williams, uh, he like scored 10 points super quick and then just like chilled out, which we've seen Jalen Williams do in the past. He was four of six on the night, two of three from three. And at that clip, I'm like, Jalen, shoot it more than six times. But he got the double digits quick, and he just ended with uh, 11 points, which is a little surprising. And it's a little like, Jalen, I I know you're doing the right thing because your basketball IQ is so dang high, and you're such a selfless player. You're so into, like, you know, the team-first mindset. But, Jalen, nights like this where you're off to that hot of a start, I'm okay with you being a little bit more selfish with the basketball. He only played 19 minutes. I think the reason why that happened was foul trouble. And then I, I, it was really, it went unnoticed because they cut to commercial and the announcers didn't even mention it, but he got called for a technical foul. Uh, He got teed up because of that, that when they were both him and the Bradley player were fighting underneath the basket and that hook. Can we act like all five of their names on the opposing team were Bradley? Can yes, we, we can Bradley. do it. Oh, yeah. Bro, you knew from college, guy, frat bro. Um, we all knew. But he got called. We did. We did. And did. he got yeah. he got called for the hook underneath, and I think he said something to the official. So not only did he get the personal foul, he got called for a technical. So okay, so so you're you're saying Bruce probably sat yes. him down. Got he you. sat him down for an extended period just to kind of cool. Him. Which to me, that's not that's not in his DNA. I, I that that's really out of character for him to get. A technical yeah. foul. He felt like he got pulled down. He said something to the official. They mm-hmm. come from break. Bradley shooting two, three, two, two free throws. The announcers didn't say anything about it. So I think that's what yeah. happened. I think his minutes would have been 22, 23, somewhere in there, if not for the, the, the technical foul there. And we would have probably seen him, you know, get 13, 14 points because he got a quick 11. I mean, it was quick. He had double digits within the first seven minutes of the basketball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, which is exactly the start that you wanted to see. Um, my, I think my favorite play of the night ended up like, I think it was actually like an Auburn turnover. They didn't take care of the basketball, but the pass, there's what, five minutes left in the game, I think, when this happened. Chris Moore's bounce pass underneath to uh, Treyor when he was yeah. making a cut to the basket. 
Yeah. Uh, Treyor got it. it. It was a beautiful pass, Daryl. And then Treyor went up with it, and he didn't have the basketball secured. But man, what um, the ball movement of this team can be really, really exciting. And, and obviously, you think of Wendell Green and Zepp Jasper when that comes to mind. But we'll talk about Chance Westry at the one in a second. I really liked what I saw from him tonight. But these big men can move it too. Jalen will pass it. Dylan will pass it. Janai will pass it. All of these guys are pretty good as far as ball movement. And obviously, I think as this chemistry and this team gels more and more, there's a lot to like about that upside too. I think if you play for Bruce Pearl, you have to be able, even if you're a big man, to pass the basketball from perimeter to perimeter well. That skip pass across the zone uh, where you can go from one wing to the other wing, you've got to be able to do that. They move the basketball very quickly and efficiently that way. And, you know, you've seen Cardwell come out at the top of the key, grab the basketball, turn around, and somehow get the ball to, to a wing player for a yep. three. He, mm-hmm. they're, they're very proficient at doing that. And I think that's a good point about the bigs being able to pass, again, wing to wing, that skip pass across the lane. It's important to be able to do that. Um, I saw some things different tonight that I was really impressed with as well. I saw a really – concerted effort even if Broom was getting double teamed on the block Wendell Green had a really did a really good job and had a knack of still getting the basketball to Broom over the top he'd throw that pass where you get separation like you're going to the basket he's leading Mm -hmm. him to the basket that's a tough pass to make if Auburn starts executing that it's over I mean if you start if, if you double down on Broom and Green is still able to get the ball to him two feet from the basket, just throwing that lob over the top. We saw some nice lobs, you know, three, four, five dunks, um, high-flying stuff. So, I mean, they checked every box as far as how they scored offensively tonight. Yeah. Uh, All right, I want to get the chat, the live chat that's here. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday evening. I want to get y'all's thoughts on Alan Flanagan. Daryl, obviously, we'll start with you here. But Alan Flanagan, I mean, you see the moments. Right. You see the moments where it's like, man, this guy can do it. And and I've liked what I've seen from him for the most part. Two of three from three. He made all four of his free throw attempts, scored 12 points, only shooting it seven times. Like you take that. You take that every single night from Alan Flanagan. Right. Uh, You do. Uh, That's that's the stat line that if you were to draw up and say, give me the preferred Mike, make my wish as far as what Alan Flanagan's going to bring you every night. That's a stat line right there that you want from Alan, Alan Flanagan. And what happened was it started with the defensive side of the ball. He got a nice block on a run out shot, perimeter shot, about 18 foot shot, and he got a block. And I think he fed off that. It was a, it was a great block. It was just more that Auburn kind of flexing their muscles, setting the tone for what the night was going to be defensively. And when he got that block and he got engaged defensively, I think he completely changed the flow offensively. He, he mm-hmm. feeds off that. Now, you know, then he comes down and makes a pass where he forces it, you know, with three dudes down there. But I really feel like he's, his game is evolving and he's getting what, what you're going to get from him. He's going to rebound the basketball. He's going to play good defense. He's going to shoot that three surprisingly effectively. And then let's remember, he, he's, a, he's a guy that's really good at attacking the rim and around the rim. So if people start to come out on him when he hits those threes, I think he's a guy that can put it on the floor, go by, you dunk, that kind of thing. So he's 
he's settling in, and I, and I like what I'm seeing from him early on. He's not disappearing from game to game. Right, which is which is what you want to see from him for sure. And in the role that he's being asked to play right now, you know that backup three. Um, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great uh, that role that he's kind of found. I don't think it's the role he wanted two years ago, right? Um, Jack in the comments said, "I fell in love with Flan in 2020, so I always hope for the best." I I, I don't think he is the Flan of 2020. I think that's all kind of what we're hoping for. I think we're all hoping that that comes back, but the role he's being asked to play is different than his 2020 role when he was playing his best basketball. Well, that's because he didn't have the players around him. He had to be the guy. He had they leaned on him more for scoring. They leaned on him for a lot of different things even when when Sharif Cooper only played half the year. So, he right. was the guy he was the guy that Auburn looked to and counted on for a lot of offensive production. And he did well in that role. And then last year happened with the Achilles and he kind of eased back in, but did not have to be that dude. They had three other guys that were more prolific scorers than him. And so now I think you take the happy medium. What we're looking for, what needs to happen is a combination of the 2020, 2021 Alan Flanagan. I know Alan Flanagan didn't have a great year last year, but Mm -hmm. he changed his game a little bit. I think a hybrid of the two years is what, what, what Auburn needs because of the depth. Uh, even Pete Gillen, who coached for years in, in, in college basketball, said it's been a long time since he's seen a, a team like this that can come at you in waves. And, you know, you f- five go off the floor, the other five come on. And he just started, like, checking off players right. for Auburn. And it was just – he just kept going down the roster – and so that, from a national standpoint, that's nice to see that recognize what we've been talking about for a few weeks is that that depth is going to be. But that's what Alan Flanagan, they don't need him to be anything more than he was tonight. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a really good mold of, of what they need for him. Yep. Uh, to the few folks commenting, yes, I shaved. Uh, don't make a big deal out of it. I like this comment from Cody, Daryl. The Allen Flanagan, Katie Johnson rotation is scary. They definitely feed off of each other. And I think that's interesting because defensively they're different, right? Katie Johnson's aggression on defense is fascinating. I think Allen can defend a little bit. You know, maybe he can defend the four and the five more than KD can. But offensively, I think most Auburn fans would want them both to play similar roles offensively. Right, you get at the top of the key, and, and you give them the keys, and you let them go on a drive to the basket. Right, and we haven't really seen them want to do that consistently. Now, ironically, Allen was great from three tonight. You take that two of three from three stat line from anybody on this roster. Um, but KD, correct me if I'm wrong here, he shot less threes than normal. Uh, he KD only got, shot two. Yeah, he shot two, and he was five of eight from the floor. He scored 13 points. It's like, yeah. That's what we've been begging you to do. And so both of them on the floor at the same time, Daryl, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts about Cody's comment there? I, I like that. I, I like that their styles are, are, are kind of similar. They kind of mirror each other. What we've talked about is we want to see both attacking the basket more, especially if the threes aren't dropping. And I think they both did that. But then here's the caveat to that. If Flanagan and Katie Johnson playing similar styles start to go to the to the rim hard and go to the rack hard and attack the basket. And defenses adjust to that and start to kind of sag a little bit and stay back. Then both have to show the ability 
to knock down the open three when given to them. And I think they, they are capable of that. They are both capable of saying, okay, you're going to take away the drive. You're going to take away me attacking the rim. Mm-hmm. I'll just step back here and pull it and shoot a three. So, you know, that that's that's where both of them on the floor at the same time. And, and I like Flanagan's guy. He's kind of got a presence on the floor this year of a calming presence. I've watched him go over to other players and kind of say things, point out things, just kind of calm people down a little bit. That's yeah. good, and that's yeah. big from a maturation standpoint after what we saw sometimes on the bench last year. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to see that. There's no question about it. Daryl, in just a second, I want to talk about the player that everybody wants to talk about, Chance Westry. I liked what I saw from him at the one. I want to get your thoughts. And uh, chat, blow us up. Give us your Chance Westry takes. Because, man, you talk about the, the sponsor upside – Chance Westry has all of it. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree less of anything isn't fun. Well, with Upside, you don't have to worry about that. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, you don't have to cut back because you get cash back on every purchase. All you do is you get your receipt, you take a picture within the Upside app, and you redeem the deal. And then in about 24 hours, Boop, you get cash back in your upside app, and it's real money. You can transfer it to your bank account. You can get pay, you can send it to your PayPal. You can get a, they can actually get a check mailed to you if you want. Bunch of different ways to redeem it. So download the free upside app and use promo code LOCKED, L O C K E D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Use promo code LOCKED in the free upside app. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Chance Westry at the one. I liked what I saw tonight. Daryl, your thoughts on Chance Westry at the one. He's got really good court vision. Uh, he has he does a really good job of, of getting inside the lane, driving inside the lane, and then finding cutting players underneath the basket or guys that are kind of posted up. I mean, like he does that little drop-off drop pass where it's not really a no-look, but he looks like he's going to go to the rim, and then he stops and kind of kind of just kind of flips it. So I, I, he's he's maturing in, into that role. Uh, sure. Obviously, he's nowhere near. I think what we're going to see from him. He had his moments tonight. The and one was big. I think Bradley was coming back and and they were getting it to within eleven or twelve and, and starting. You could feel some momentum shifting a little bit, and then he comes down and gets a, a three point play. I liked that. I liked the way he's. I like his vision. He's got great vision on the court. His shot looked a little bit off tonight. He had two or three uh, open looks. From three that he didn't hit, actually, yeah, he was. Uh, well, it says he was O of one. There may have been a couple other shots that he missed that were close to, to being threes, just inside the three point line. Mm. But that'll come. Um, and what I like about him is, for a freshman, he has the court awareness to say, "Okay, I'm not sh- hitting shots from the perimeter. It's time to go inside. It's time to take the ball to the rim. And if and if if I'm blocked off, or if they if they sag, or if they 
come over and switch and help on defensively. He's getting that little drop off pass and finding the uh, open post players down low. So I like his game. It's, it's maturing a lot as a one. And I think that I never would have thought that was his future. I thought his future was at the three or even the off guard. Yeah, no, it seems like they, they see him as um, as a one, two combo guy, which is cool. I guess it makes that guard rotation even more confusing, right? Cause we were already like, it almost seems like four was too much. And now there's a fifth guy. And so you, you kind of wonder what's going to happen to Zepp's minutes. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen to Trey Donaldson's minutes as chance Westry plays more and more. We thought it was Flanagan and Chris Moore that were going to kind of get most of their minutes shaved off. But it seems like it may be those two guys. I think that the emergence and the way Chris Moore has played so far this year with tonight kind of being an outlier, he only had two points. But I think Chris Moore's emergence has kind of forced that. I think that's 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 moved Westry into the the guard rotation and not the three rotation sure. because Bruce Pearl sees he can count on and trust Chris Moore at the three along with Alan Flanagan. So to get Westry his minutes, he's moved him into the backup point guard role. And that's out of necessity with, the, I think, the way – that Chris Moore has forced Bruce Pearl's hand on that. I think. I think it's a good problem, right? I think it's a. It is. It's a great problem, problem to have. To yep. have. All right, Daryl. I'm, I'm going to bring up Hamp Richardson's comment here. And I saw a lot of Auburn Twitter talking about this throughout the game. Hamp says we need to be better on defensive rebounding. The other team has too much, or too many second chance opportunities. So as far as this game. The defensive rebounding, I mean, Auburn had 24 defensive rebounds to Bradley's mm -hmm. 15. They both had seven offensive rebounds. Um, I'm with you, though. I mean, it seems like this team's pretty good at offensive rebounding. Is that a Dylan thing? Is that a is that a Janai Broom still getting used to everything thing? What are your thoughts on that, if you even think that that's a thing, Daryl? I think it's that much of a problem because part of the reason is if you look at the offensive rebounds Bradley had, they had seven overall. And I'm going to tell you right now, go back and watch the film. Four of those were on one possession. It was that stinking possession where Bradley missed four shots and got the rebound four times. Yep. And that was just about positioning. Uh, Auburn's bigs were too deep underneath the basket and the ball was just coming out a little bit far. That's That's an adjustment. So if you take away that fluky trip, now that is that is unacceptable. You can't give a team on a possession four looks at the basket after four misses and get four offensive rebounds. Sure. If you take those away, they had three or four. So four of those were one possession, which was a frustrating position, possession. When Auburn, when Cardwell and Broom and their bigs get in trouble and give up second chance points and give up offensive rebounds, to me, they look like they're too deep underneath the basket. Mm -hmm. Or they're vacating too soon. See, that's the problem when you play that style of basketball where you're ready to run and give Auburn's bigs credit. They run the floor. If you vacate too soon and you're getting ready to get down the floor, sometimes when you do that, the rebound falls to the opponent. So you got to be a little more disciplined and make sure before you get it and go, you get it yeah. and don't just go. The, uh, the pinned comment here in the live chat, I asked who is your Auburn MVP tonight? Uh, Wendell Green leading the way over Janai and Jalen. And so Wendell's a guy we haven't talked to a whole lot about this evening, Daryl. I mean, Wendell had a, a Wendell night. I mean, five of 10, which isn't 
I mean, he's not the most efficient scorer, but he always gets it done. I mean, he shoots it 10 times, and he, and he scores 14 points, made it to the free throw line three times, made it uh, made it twice, and the, the team's just better when he's there. Six assists, three steals. Three rebounds. Another 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 solid another solid outing for Wendell Green. Nothing super flashy. No, but he, just but gets, that he was, just gets the job done. I mean, fourteen points, like you mentioned, six assists is what you want from your point guard. Did a great sure. job getting the ball down low to Broom in in positions where he could score. Then he helps you out and gets three rebounds. He gets three steals. He was efficient two of four from behind the three point line. He had a couple of out and ones. And I thought he played good defensively. So yeah. he brought everything you want to the table as far as your point guard. And he ate up a lot of minutes. I mean, he played 24 minutes. He team high with minutes with 24. Uh, you know, Zepp only played 16. So that goes, I mean, you know, that's there's the minutes from the backup. You know, we saw Zepp be the backup one last year. He's not this year. He has 16 and Westry has 17. So that's yeah. kind of the minutes that get split there. Zep make was the only shot he took the three that he made. Did he shoot it again? Let's see. That's it. It's the only Zep shot. One of one from the and he hit the three. Looked. He's I always have good. a rule. If if your only shot is a three and you make the first one, you gotta keep. You gotta heat check. Yeah, I mean he's looked good the last couple games shooting the three. He's not shot a lot, but he's he's made what he's what he's what he's shot. He's been very efficient. Yeah. So I'd like to see him, maybe them run some sets to get him a little bit more open with them because he's shown that he's been efficient the last couple of games. You can trust him shooting them. Sure. All right, Hamp with another uh, point. Broom will hold this team together in conference play. I I can't wait for t- I, I can't wait to see Janai in conference play for two reasons. One, because I think he's going to be really good in conference play. But the other is, I think the step and the version that we see of Janai right now is only going to get better. For two reasons. One, the, the flow of the game, right? Two is his his ankle. Like, he's still not 100%. And I think I think we're getting closer and closer because he looked pretty good tonight. Yeah, I think from an SEC play standpoint, by the time you can roll around and get into January, he is going to be so comfortable in this offense. I think that ankle is going to be almost 100%. I think the level of competition that he'll be facing in the SEC where it gets ratcheted up is going to ratchet up his play. Because right now, the intangibles that he brings down low on the block and the moves he makes and his, how, how how tough he is with the basketball, strong he is with the basketball, he can catch the basketball in traffic. He can catch the basketball with his offhand when you lob it over the top. That's a tough – I mean, look, you know, again, I'm not trying to knock – but remember, Auburn went years without a post player that seemed like they could catch the basketball on the block. Whether you were throwing it at their feet – or you were throwing it high. They just small hands and couldn't catch it. I mean, I that, that love, was the loudest him. thing about Austin Wiley. Austin, Wiley, Austin Wiley, Wiley. Yeah, he, he couldn't catch the ball. He, he took years off my life because he couldn't catch the ball. And they would get the ball to him in a catchable position, and he couldn't do it. So it's nice to see. Yeah. And even Walker Kessler, he wasn't dynamic catching the ball in traffic. He got a lot of his points off dunks, off offensive rebounds. He didn't get the ball, you know, getting it lobbed over the he, – now he got him on some lobs going to the basket on some alley-oops. But the way Broom had two dudes on his hip, one in his back pocket and one next to him, and he still is able to catch the ball off the offhand, that's that's important. Yep. Hamp also highlighting he's a hustler on each side of the floor. There's no question about it. 
There's no question about it. He, you know what he does, too? Addition. One thing, that I love watching little nuances of the game and watching how people do certain little fundamentals. He, he When he rebounds the basketball, he doesn't grab it with one hand and bring it to him. He's very good at going up with two hands and catching it in traffic. And he mm -hmm. catches the ball offensively that way, and he, he does a good job defensively rebounding the basketball with two hands. He's strong. You ain't getting the ball – and when he blocks the ball sometimes, he's able to – has this knack where he can block it with one hand and kind of catch it with the other. I don't know. It's just – it's an art, and it's really special when you watch him and you watch Cardwell, who got called for defensive goaltending, which was a brutal call. That was not defensive goaltending. That was a clean block. So should give Dylan another block with his stats. He got robbed on that one. But then Broom, I think, did goaltend. And they gave him a block, so it evens out at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, our friend Clay Sharp saying that Jalen needs to be more selfish. That's one of the first things we said, Clay. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. He scored He scored 10 points in like just a few minutes, but then as, as Daryl pointed out, he had that technical foul, and um, we're just kind of assuming that, that Bruce sat him down. See, but that's the thing you don't want. I get what Clay's saying. But Jalen Williams is, 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 is what he is because he does not play outside of what, what makes, him, makes him good. So if you start asking him to do things that he's not comfortable doing, meaning, oh, I better shoot the ball more. I better force this up because I need to be more selfish. You're asking him to do things outside of his comfort zone, which takes away his strengths. His strengths are exactly what he does. He does very, very well. If you ask him to do more or be something different, you may not get as an effective Jalen Williams. Cody asks, does the big man rotation allow Broom to have any 30-10 games this year? It's going to be tough. That's, I mean, um, that's hard for any college player to do. And, and the way Bruce, you know, cuts up, you know, splits up minutes, it, it's going to be very difficult because – I think for Broom to do that, he would have to play 28, 29, 30 minutes, and that's just not going to happen with Cardwell. Yeah, unless Dylan uh, picked up like three fouls in like the first. And then you'd have to ride him, right? You'd have to get him a little bit out of his comfort zone and ask him to play. I mean, he played mm -hmm. 17 minutes tonight, Broom did. And right. in order to, for him to get 30 and 10, I think you're going to have to get up into the 28, 29-minute area and that's that's asking a lot if someone that's averaging about 17 or 18 maybe mm -hmm. as the season wears on he gets used to that but i i don't it's going to be interesting if one of the two gets in foul trouble yeah what do you do because i mean as much as is the kid is has has uh stuck with auburn stretch gives you nothing from an offensive standpoint yeah, from a I, weapon standpoint and still though i'm just thinking in that situation like I still think Bruce would be okay giving stretch four minutes just to like survive. You know, if, if Dylan had four fouls or something like that with, I don't know, 15 minutes left to go in the game. Like I yeah. think stretch can give you three or four minutes just to kind of give Janai and Dylan a breather. Then you better put two or three other scores on the floor with him that are dynamic at that, you know, in that rotation, you better have four other mm -hmm. options to score oh, yeah, the basketball. I'm not saying it's ideal. I'm just saying I think you could do it. Because they'll overplay. You know what I'm saying? They'll, like, leave him alone. I mean, they, they will. And they'll go double down on somebody else on the wing and leave him completely uncontested. I've seen that happen. And so and he'll he'll come in and give you good defense, and he'll hustle, and he'll give you some rebounds. 
But, yeah, from a scoring standpoint, you're going to have to find it somewhere else. But, yeah, I mean, he could give you four or five points if one of those two got in foul trouble. I still want to see Jalen Williams slide down to the four position. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that some, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me me rephrase that. He's playing the four. He's starting at the four. I wonder if he could play the five. I got you. Uh, he did as a freshman, right? Right, right. We yeah. saw that as a freshman. So I Very think in an emergency now, in an emergency situation, if let's say Broom or Cardwell had foul trouble, then you wanted to keep them. You could put Williams at the five. You could mm-hmm. put Trehor at the four. Flanagan more at the three, and you could you could you know switch that lineup up a little bit and and do that just to bide some time to keep the other guys from picking up that foul. Yeah. Uh, guys, we've got a few minutes left. If you want to get your questions or comments or reactions from tonight's win, go ahead and uh, put them in there. We'd love to um, respond. Yeah, Wendell Green's running away now with the MVP vote, which I'm a little surprised, actually. I, I, I probably would have voted. I, I did vote. I voted Jani Broom, and I think there's this energy around there. But, hey, Wendell Green's certainly deserving of that vote. Anybody else from tonight? We didn't, we haven't really talked about Trey or did, did he do anything that impressed you? Played 21 minutes and he, he, he had a nice couple, couple nice dunks down did, low. Daryl, my thing with him is like he played 21 minutes, but other than like that receipt being on the receiving end of that awesome pass from, from Chris Moore, like I still just don't really notice him and I'm waiting for him to do something where he's like, Hey, if you're watching this, you're seeing me take over this game. And I'm, I'm just waiting for it. And I, we I saw, believe yeah. that it's coming. I'm just waiting for it. The dunk in traffic was nice. It was a flash. It was like, it was a, it was an oh wow moment. Oh, okay. I can see flash. now he got the ball, went up quick and dunked uh, in traffic. Um, only shot it five times and had five points, but he did play a lot of minutes. Like you said, mm. I, I think you got to get more than two rebounds from him too. Um, if you, I agree. If, if you play 21 minutes and you're playing, that position, you need to get more than two rebounds. All right, so Auburn will play the winner of Liberty and Northwestern. That game teed off like 14 seconds ago, and so they will play them Wednesday night at 7.30. Daryl, you and I are planning to have a post-game show. Uh, unless unless I have trouble with my flight to Ohio, I, I should be able to do it. You're going to be traveling as well. Yeah. We, in theory, should be able to, but if it's not both of us, it should be able to be at least one of us. So just kind of a quick programming note on that. You feel one way or the other? I mean, based off of record, I assume we'll be playing Northwestern, but I don't know that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, And, and I like that matchup. I like playing a Big Ten team, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of fun playing somebody, get out of that. I mean, listen, I mean, t- I, unless I'm – no. Auburn has not played – they've played mid-majors, right? That's it, mid-majors right. throughout this whole thing. So, I'm ready for a, another power conference game. So, to, nice. to, to take on a Big Ten team in Northwestern is what I would prefer, and I'd like to see the the, the measuring stick there. Yeah, is that going to be like a big quality win? No, but maybe it could turn into one, right? At least there's upside to that on your resume. Um, I don't think you're going to get that with Liberty, who's already like two and two on the year. You know? Well, you're, so, it's probably the difference between a quad two and a quad three win because you're playing a Big Ten opponent yeah. on a neutral. You remember, it's a neutral floor. 
point. And this was the first time that Auburn ventured outside, of, which blows my mind. This was the first time they didn't play a basketball game inside Neville Arena. So uh, for, for that aspect, first time on the road, albeit a neutral floor, Cancun offers a lot of distractions, man. Mm-hmm. And Auburn came out, put those aside, and played their best basketball game, I think, of the year. Yeah, and there were videos of them, you know, going down water slides and, and you know, having a good time. I kind of wonder if, I mean, they did similar things uh, in their trip to Israel. And, and obviously they, they did, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, serious sites and spiritual sites <laughs> and had a lot of serious conversations. But they had yeah. fun too, right? Right. Uh, so I mean, they the bonding kinda, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of wonder if that was a good experience for also w- when they do stuff like this. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but maybe. I think that this trip is more of a, a focus on some recreation and some fun. The trip to Israel was about getting close, team bonding, mm-hmm. some educational aspects of that trip. Totally. Spirit, there were some spiritual aspects of that trip. This totally. is, you know, when you compare going to Jerusalem and the Holocaust Museum to going down a water slide and kayaking, you can see that this is more about, hey, let's let, have a good time and 100%. have fun. Exactly. But but there's more to me. I think it's harder to play in this environment than it is in Israel. I agree. I think I think Israel, you, you, you by the nature of the, the subject matter, you were closer. It was more serious. So you take basketball more serious and you're playing these national teams, which draw a little different mindset than, you know, playing teams that are mid-majors and that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting, but give them credit. I mean, yeah. they came out and played well in that environment. Yep. Jack, uh, writer at AuburnDaily.com. Northwestern pointing out, he's pointing out Northwestern has a few guys over 6'10". That height will be interesting to see since Auburn does have smaller fours and fives. That's a good point. I wonder how athletic they are, but that's going to be the key because our fours and fives are really athletic. And so we'll see if that creates a a matchup problem. And Tony is saying that Creighton is just dribbling and passing straight through Arkansas. And if Trey Alexander is having a big game, that's another – Stick something that sticks in my crawl. Uh, I understand. Yep. Nope. You hate to see it. But although, where was he going to play? He saw the writing on the wall. Was mm-hmm. he going to be the sixth guard to come off the? I mean, you know, when you go get a Westry and some of those guys, uh, it's a whole different thing. So yeah, he's I a good it. player. He's a good player. But Auburn's got a ton of good players in the backcourt. Daryl, how can people follow uh, all the stuff that you have going on on this uh, this busy week? It's been fun. We've had some people interacting with Twitter over the last three or four days. I love doing that with our listeners. At DAP6410 is my Twitter handle. Follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you back because I like the interaction. Uh, also, uh, Auburn Opelika this morning with Ben Taylor on WANI every Monday morning from about 710 to 730. And if I do not get a chance because of traveling tomorrow to tell everybody happy Thanksgiving, I want to do that. Thankful for everybody that listens to the show. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Zach. Thankful for you, my friend. Thankful for you too, buddy, and safe travels. And like Daryl said, we should be able to get uh, a, sh- a live show up tomorrow night after Auburn, either playing Liberty or Northwestern. We'll uh, we'll see for that Cancun Challenge Championship. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. If you're still here, please like this video. Please subscribe to Locked on Auburn. That channel is growing like crazy, and we really, really appreciate it. We will see you soon. This has been... Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need 
to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.